This is Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question comes from Bob. Bob writes, hello, Dr. Easley. I'm trying to understand the term experiential worship. Can you help me understand? (laughs) Can you? Can you, Dad? (laughs) It's a great question. I often use the phrase experiential Christianity. Referring to, it's a caveat. Let me say one number one. If we looked up experiential worship or experiential Christianity, A, I don't know if you'd find a theological textbook that is really going to talk about this in precise categories. So let's acknowledge that on the front end. But I think I know what Bob is asking. And if I don't, write me back, Bob. (laughs) I talk about experiential Christianity, meaning we look at the experiences of life and that has more weight and or authority than the word. So a Christian is sitting on their deck and he or she is having coffee and they're praying and I mean things are bad and you know the marriage, the money, whatever, and and you say, God, just give me a sign, just help me, go forward, and a cardinal lands on the chair right in front of you on the deck. And that's a sign from God. Well, you know, the cardinal just landed there. I mean, is that a way to live the Christian life? The scripture is a authoritative. It's the Word of God. He spoke. It's clear. It's understandable. It's accessible. So when we talk about experiential Christianity, the emotion, the experience, how things work out, one of the things you've heard me rail on hand all my life has been just because you pray for something and it works out does not mean that's God's answer. Because it might work out for now and then be a disaster later. Mm -hmm. And then what are you going to say? Oh, well, God made it a disaster, so I would learn such and Mm -hmm. such and such and such. That's such convoluted theology. When things go well, praise God, bless God, Mm -hmm. thank Him. But to pin your Christian experience and your growth on experiences Mm -hmm. is a pretty frustrating path. So experiential worship, you're in church. And you're singing songs, and you see people raise their hands and cry, and they get really into the music and into the worship. I want to be kind and say, not dismiss that out of hand, but is that a pure form of worship? I don't know. Mm -hmm. The experience of music and lyric and all that goes on being in a room of people, there is a corporate sense to that that can move people emotionally and deeply. Mm The hard part is how or do you or I define that as the right kind of worship? Mm -hmm. We're told to worship in spirit and truth. I love the Psalms. The Psalms are a hymn book. They're a theological book. And they're a history in many cases. So we can read the experience of David. And when he wrote an imprecatory Psalm 55 because of Absalom's betrayal, we can read Psalm 51 a song of lament and petition and thanksgiving. He sinned, he acknowledged it, he asked God for forgiveness, God gave him mercy, and he writes a song about it. So that's certainly the experience of David, and we benefit from that. So on the one hand, I want to be careful that we're not talking about an emotionalism experience, Mm -hmm. because emotions are good and bad. The Psalter is full. I don't think you can read the Psalms and not find every emotion. Right. Anger, fear, yeah. lament, disappointment, discouragement, apathy. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. So emotions are real. Yeah. We don't dismiss them out of hand. But don't build your theology on emotionalism. Mm-hmm. 
And that to me is one fine way to kind of differentiate it. Mm-hmm. I think about when people want, you know, like I want to experience experiential worship or they want to, they're drawn to churches that would say like, oh, we have an experiential worship, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My pastor, which Spoiler alert, my dad is a pastor, but I don't actually go to his church. <laughs> so, but I'm not bitter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he one time, kind of off the cuff, he brought up like, well, someone will say like, oh, well, how was the worship this morning? Yeah. And he'll say, yeah, how was your worship? And, you know, he's like, we look to worship leaders and what people are doing on stage and the lights and the music and the da 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 because we think that that's there to create an experience for us at it has nothing to do with that. Worship is between you and the Lord. So how was your heart? How was your worship? Right. And that's always really stuck with me. And so I would suggest that a biblical way of interpreting, which I don't, I think the term experiential worship means something else, but I would say if we wanted to make it a biblical term, we would say it's loving the Lord with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And sure. that is true worship. That is true love of the Lord. But (laughs) you know, it's interesting in the Psalter how many times there's a declarative statement like, Mm. I will sing praises. I will and I often will like Psalm one oh one, there's declarative nature and and that tells me a couple of things about the psalmist. He's making a choice. Mm So when you come to church, I don't like to sing. I'm not a person that, you know, I I grew up with, my my wife loves to sing, Hannah loves to sing, Jesse loves to sing. We have a lot of people that love to sing. I don't have a great voice and they laugh at me when I sing in church, so I've never quite recovered from that. (laughs) Listen, I've stopped laughing at you since my teen years, okay? I welcome you to sing. But you bite your tongue, but you bite your tongue. No, Um, no, now I'm I'm too busy now. I'm too too on my zone. I am the person that's hand raised, crying, I'm like, you know, so that is me. So I'm too busy to care about your voice. Thank you. But the declarative nature (laughs) that I, I have to choose to worship. That's my point. I have to go in there yeah. as a person. And, yeah. and men in general don't like to sing. It's something about yeah. men. I don't know what it is. I look around our church, and it's the women singing. Unless you sing a hymn, then everybody sings. But the declarative nature is so important. Secondly, the attributes of God. I will sing of loving kindness and justice. To thee I will sing praises. So we talk about vertical worship. And this is one of my biggest complaints with a lot of contemporary Christian music. I call it horizontal music. It's I, me, my. And it brings the focus on the worshiper's problem Mm -hmm. as opposed to worshiping the creator. Certainly the psalmist will talk about his condition. He laments, but he's petitioning God. The vertical nature, sometimes we call it a doxology because it's worshiping God, it's vertical in nature. I think that's another good way to keep from an experiential worship service. Now, that being said, wouldn't it be sad if we just were automatons who sang good theology yeah. and then once in a while feel, wow, I'm praising God, right. God's well, forgiven me. That to me is there's no head-heart connection. Like, yeah. And we need to use both. We need both. <laughs> yeah. I read this morning Psalm 63, 3, The psalmist said, because your love, because the Lord's love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I just sat in that for a while and thought, you know, it doesn't matter how awful my life is. And my life is not awful. Mm. I'm not not saying that. But but we all have seasons that are, we're in the valleys and life is dark and hard and horrible. But because God's love is better than anything, 
we can still glorify him. And right. and again, just what you're saying, to your point, it's a declarative. My lips will glorify you no matter what my circumstances are. Say law. If you've got a question for Dr. E, call us, Texas, email us. The info is in your show notes. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic and music composed by Jason Germain. 